time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images I really gotta that were not his own, and driven by an unknown force to It hasn't even shown up in the, the show yet. What? This, uh, narration. Sam is still, like, introducing every episode. Oh, yeah. No, is this the original? No, there's there's gonna be some guys, like, in a secret site, Dr. Sam Beckett. And now it's just this. I mean, this is the best one. I just keep talking, Casey. I was just, I was just gonna go with it. I was gonna say, leave all of that in. Welcome to Ziggy Gets It Wrong, a Quantum Leap podcast. I'm Brian Levy. That's Evan the Mayor. Hey. Casey the Case, I'm over there. So, to catch a falling star and a portrait for Troyan. Yes, episode 10 of this show, episodes 19 and 20 for Quantum Leap, the series. Uh, and I think we've said it a couple times. We just forget what TV was like in the 80s and 90s. This is just a show trucking along with its premise. Like, no overarching story... Nothing going on, just a whole bunch of people we like doing things we like to see them do. It's kind of like the X-Files before they started adding in the mythology. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, to catch a falling star. Spoiler in the title! Right? (laughs) If they could only give all of the plots in the titles. (laughs) This is a very complicated episode. (laughs) Well, they do give... Well, both these episodes, they have the plot in the titles. Uh, yeah. Sam has to catch a falling star, and yeah. there are many portraits for Troyan in A Portrait for Troyan. So yeah. what just happened is me, hours later, actually getting the joke that is the title of Catch a Falling Star. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> it's but, how the, that's how the episode ends. There's also, there was also a either TV show or stand-up club called Catch a Rising Star. Yes. Mm. So See, it's a pun. It, it's working on it's, so many different levels. It's a levels. pun and a reference. I... Go ahead. I love both both these episodes. I thought I hated Portrait of Troyan. I ended up loving it. They're both very fun and very strong for completely different reasons. And the sec- the Portrait for Troyan is like god awful for many reasons as well, which we'll get into. Yeah. So let's let's look at Catch a Falling Star. First. Catch a Falling Star, May twenty first, nineteen seventy nine. Only a few weeks before my birthday, nothing happened at all. Good. Nothing. nothing. Apparently, there was some theater going on in Syracuse. Uh, yeah, uh, and Sam leaps into the the body of an understudy. What's his name? Roy. Ray. Ray. <laughs> It'd be better if it was Roy. You know, Roy. all those all those great actors named Roy. Uh, <laughs> Schneider. Of course, he immediately says, "Oh boy," and I'm like, "Dude, oh boy. you were just on stage like a couple of weeks ago as a deaf pianist." And now you're flipping out about being a Don Quixote understudy. And he knows that he's got an invisible friend that will show him the script. Yeah. And he, he doesn't even have to memorize he, he it. He hasn't figured it out that he doesn't need to sweat the details because Al is just going to show up and, you know, guide him, literally and, holding his hand. And then be like, yeah, I did that one time. So here, let me help you. Should be noted that Al shows up initially wearing a sensible all-white suit. And he starts making comments about girls and apparently was an actor. Uh, he did summer stock. And theater is what got him out of the orphanage. Because is is there anything that Al didn't do to get out of that orphanage? Uh, no. uh, well, as he puts it, acting is the second oldest profession. Yeah. Al, 
And then he goes on a tirade about how prostitution is the oldest part. Well, you know, if they're just acting, acting about the, the orgasms, lot, it's, it's the same thing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, acting. I, and again, my delight in the fact that I can't do a Dean Stockwell, so I've turned him into a, yeah. the, uh, the like the trucker from Futurama. He's the he's the uh, male dinosaur from Dinosaurs. Yes, exactly. Um, scene. This episode, <laughs> chock full of famous people. It is. Uh, uh, mostly Turner. From, mostly from the cast of Northern Exposure. Yes, Janine Turner. I was like, oh shit, there she is. And the old guy, the, the actor. Manny. Wait, who's Manny in this one? Uh, he's, well, he is uh, Pumbaa. <laughs> oh, that's right. From The Lion King. <laughs> that's Look up the actor's name yourself. I was like, why do I know this man? <laughs> he's Pumbaa. For, and he's Mr. Karosi from uh, Saved by the Bell. Uh, on the beach. Before we get into all the really fucked up sexual things that are going on, we should, in we should this give episode, the plot of this episode. We, yeah, let's set it up. But first, I will say that this is an episode in which the performances and all of the inter- this is a, this is an entire season of a soap opera in one episode of Quantum Leap. It's like a French bedroom farce almost. Oh yeah, like there are backstabs. So the, the, the leap does not matter. I don't even think they gave a fuck because Ziggy doesn't say shit about like how to f- no, solve it. They did. So there's a brief aside into. That he needs to literally prevent oh, yeah, the, the main. So, uh, so there's this actor, right? And the actor's a drunk, right? And boy, howdy! And Sam has leapt into the, the actor's understudy because in a couple of days, the actor's going to fall and break his leg, and his career will never recover. I do love at the end when he he's all angry at the actor and he commands him to break a leg. Right? Uh, <laughs> there are no stakes to this episode of television. Not at all. This actor might not do so great next time you know uh-oh uh, but i love that he's in he's immediately introduced as a drunk and he's he's like on he's going off stage to take swigs of vodka while performing and nobody's like and people are still hiring <laughs> him totally cool with it right because he's, uh, he's like one of those like geniuses that's like yes. it's okay you put up with the bullshit he's in a, order for the excellent performance he's an he's alcoholic savant he's the jeffrey tambor of the touring man of la mancha crowd he's one of those guys though and there's an episode of family guy called uh, uh wasted talent where peter griffin gets drunk and is suddenly yes. able to play the piano that's well, this guy so um, we we always like to attach um, the the um, a pop culture reference point to these episodes of Quantum Leap. I'm going to say it's probably my favorite year where Mark Lynn Baker, you know, cousin Larry from uh, Perfect Strangers, yeah. has to uh, babysit Peter O'Toole, the drunk actor. <laughs> so it's kind of it's really close to that. Except except as Sam leaps into Ray the understudy, he finds another person from his past. Oh, this is. I was like, "What the? Wh- Come on! Why does this keep happening?" Right. Uh, he get he keeps getting to hook up like people he knows with whoever he's left he's, into. He's basically like, "Oh, she was my first love. I was fifteen, and she's twenty five. She was, was my like, piano oh, teacher." Okay, uh, Nicole. So then there are some like sexual things that happen. Yeah, yeah, some very problematic things that he simply justifies uh, by saying, "Well, okay, so." Nicole, the piano teacher, has a history with Ray, the understudy. Yep. And there, she's like, uh, you know, forlorn love affair, blah, blah, blah. She is... uh, Sam, while inhabiting the man that she is in love with, he's in love with her from a childhood crush. But they used to have a past. They were together. Uh, Don't you remember my letters? uh, No, yes, yes. But Sam, as Ray, is in love with her as Sam... And then he—they're cap- both in love with her. He, he yes, he capitalizes on this, has sex with her. 
Does he have sex with her? Yeah, he has sex with her. Okay. They, they do the, the blackout thing when they start making out passionately. And then uh, Al basically says to her, him, like, uh, yeah, yes, well, you're, you're not you're not Ray. You're you. You can't be in love with her. And Ray's he, in love with her. And he basically just says, oh, no, she was sleeping with me, not him. Yeah, see, I'm like, I'm, you're a rapist. This is actually Wasn't he in middle school when she was teaching him. Yes. This is a motif that happens in the show. Sam keeps falling deeply in love with all of these women that he's just meeting. He is incapable. (laughs) And he he always assumes that they know it's him. It's like, Al, they always know it's me. And Al's like, I don't know, Sam. They're pretty sure they think you're some other guy. No. It's it's not it's not you, Sam. It's the other guy. Right. You are not him. Like like stop it. You're doing really good for this other guy, and like you know you can enjoy yourself. But it's they're in love with this other guy, um, and it's really not ironic. But it's just interesting how he throws all of his morals and his you know the hard line that he draws when it's someone he's interested in. Because in, in yeah. none of the other episodes, he's like fuck this mission, yeah. fuck leaping. I'm I'm angry because this girl maybe had sex with somebody else, and he, I, I <laughs> he jumps into a. A, a man on his honeymoon and won't have sex with his wife, but he jumps into the body of a man and meets his middle school crush. He's like, all right, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. Let's get to the fucking. Yeah. And it's like, well, when I, when I don't want to do it, it's good. But when they want to do it, they're bad. Yeah. It's like, mm, these are bad sexual politics, Sam. This Speaking is not of how sexual politics, let's talk about Janine Turner's plot to uh, ruin the understudies, plural, of this Don Quixote production. Janine Turner will fuck uh, Pumbaa yeah. if, if. Uh, Pumbaa lies about what's going on with Nicole. Do you, uh, and I'd like to talk about Nicole. Nicole's pretty, right? Sure. Do, do they ugly her up? Maybe. I, th- I think her hair was a little... And, and like ma- ugly makeup and stuff. I, I'm not entirely I don't think sure that was the intention. Like Janine, okay. like part of part of the Janine Turner was looking great. And part of it is that she's threatened by this woman that she perceives uh, as oh, older and uglier, as slightly yeah less. So, but everyone is out to destroy everyone. At least the main actor doesn't like his own understudy. Has the, the, a boner for every woman that's in this production, and no one seems to have a problem with just fucking whoever. Uh, that's yeah, theater. That's theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just I don't understand how these shows are profitable if all of these characters are one constantly drunk, two constantly fucking, and three just hate each other. Like I mean, they're they're it's the greatest actors of all time because they legitimately can't stand the people that they're around. Yeah, they're total dicks. But my favorite part was at the end when Sam, the two understudies, get to perform together. And then Janine Turner and the main uh, actor guy, they're like up on the, the, the staircase, like giving each other a little, hey, look at these kids over they're, here. They're like Statler and Waldorf. They'll never be as good as you. <laughs> but they, they almost gave them this look like, we did something here today. Didn't, you know, right. Look at what we did. Like, oh, I got pretty wasted. And I'm not sure how many people are talking to me. But you're right. We did put these two crazy kids together. It seems like he kind of sobered up real quick after that. F- yes, he did. He was, he was hammered and almost fell off a stair. I guess, you know, clo- being having a near-death experience will sober Yeah, that shot good. of adrenaline is going to do real good. <laughs> so, but I think it was kind of insane, right? The whole plot of, you know, trying to oh, convince it, the each that everybody was sleeping with it was, one another. It was all over the map. Yeah. Uh, you know what's even crazier? Than uh, 
than a crazy stage comedy? Al's remaining two outfits before you get to oh, whatever okay. it was you were about to say. Al wearing an exceptionally loud shirt with Captain Picard type epaulets <laughs> and a bowler hat or something and thin suspenders and a plastic leopard print tie. A bowler hat or something. That is certainly certainly one of his loudest outfits except for the time that he wore a giant pink tie with black dots on and another exceptionally loud vest and shirt combo. The loudest decibel wise I've seen yet on one quantum leap now go Brian what were you gonna say I was gonna say what's even crazier than a crazy stage comedy is Sam being all members of Mystery Incorporated and playing Scooby-Doo in a haunted house he sure did I would uh, uh, like to mention before we get on to episode 20 that in episode the credit sequence in episode 19 was what I can only assume to be the entire production crew of Quantum Leap coming out on stage and taking a bow I, so, as if the whole oh, thing. And Scott Bakula doing uh, some some singing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what it's, if... It's weird. I, and I, you know what? If we were good at this, we would Google this. Uh, what if, like, the entire show... Like they, what if they, they said, let's just put on yeah, uh, Man of the Monster. Let's just put on a night. play. Yeah. And like, that's just how we'll get all these scenes. Cause there's like a lot of the show, you know, like, and they seem to be in the swing of things, uh, when they were doing it. Um, uh, whatever. Do you guys like, have you seen Man of the Mancha? Like, do you know it? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's great. I have all the songs like stored somewhere in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's, re- it's really good. All stuff. right. Episode 20, a portrait but- from Troyan. February 7th, 1971. Here's a strange thing that happened on February 7th, 1971. Switzerland votes for national women's suffrage in a referendum. What? So you couldn't, women couldn't vote in Switzerland? In 1971? Wow. That doesn't sound right. This, okay, I'm saying this sentence in a very Jason Manzoukas-esque method of delivery. This episode is bonkers. Bonkers. Uh, Bonkers. I loved it. Yeah, in it, like it, a hate love it sets up way. a whole lot of really crappy rules that have, have, are smashed to smithereens based on uh, technology. And uh, like, yes, it's very Scooby Doo esque. Um, this episode could have worked if Bluetooth had existed, this, but, <laughs> but otherwise, I've got no clue. Yeah. Uh, well, let's not give it away just yet. Okay. I think, I think we need to un- unfurl this entire episode. So, okay. so what's the uh, the date before we go? Too February seventh, nineteen seventy one. Okay. And what would we remember what Ziggy, uh, what his proclamation was? Or was he was he broken? I, I think this girl was going to uh, kill herself. Yeah, there's a girl who's going to drown herself or get uh, or drown somehow. And that, uh, yeah, the basic premise is Sam needs to prevent that from happening. Right. I think it's pretty straightforward. So fun fact, the woman is played by Deborah Pratt. She is the wife of series creator Donald Bellasario. Which explains why she can't act for shit. She is, will also be the voice of Ziggy. Oh. Uh, when we eventually hear Ziggy, and when Sam looks in the mirror, it is Donald Belisario looking back at him. Oh wow! So there was a scene getting back to this actress who, uh, for literally eighty percent of the episode, is wearing like a, a, a camisole, like a white flowy camisole. It's supposed to be like a gothic Victorian yeah. murder mystery yeah. kind of deal. You know, a haunted, it's a haunted house story. It's got a certain yeah. it, it it hit that feel like even when it was day out, it always seemed like cloudy. Well, they also gave him a, a shock of gray hair, Sam, in this episode. Does he always have that, or is yeah. it just this one? No, no. I think he starts having it now. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he starts <laughs> having that shock of gray hair. Is that la- that last leap from the Don Quixote uh, production really uh, aged him? Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it kept him in there. Um, I getting I, back to how this actress cannot act. Oh yes, please. There was a scene where she literally was like in mid scene, like flubbing her lines, and I'm like, "This is what 
what we did a one take Jake on this. We did. Yeah, we didn't say. Uh, she was in the other takes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Belsario's in the background going. She's perfect. The kid stays in the picture. I would. Oh, and the uh, I would say that the performance by the the, uh, the, the the lady's brother Jimmy, his mullet, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It he has been in a lot of stuff, right? I, I recognized him. Yeah, handsome dude, um, probably in a lot of stuff. His outfits in this episode are the only thing that rival Al's for loudest mm. of all time. But his are at least uh, period appropriate. That's true. So. So, yeah, like peak disco, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so the, the plot is that the, Sam leaps... Uh, Sam leaps into like this... <laughs> a, parapsychologist. Uh, a, a, a paranormal investigator a la um, DC Comics Doctor 13. In that he sets out to debunk shit, right? He's not. He's there to be like, this is all fake. Is he there uh, to prove it's fake? Because I got the impression that he was specifically hired to prove that it yeah, was that, going that on. Yeah, that this woman's ex-husband was a ghost and uh, talking to her. Was it the? Oh yeah, well, then whatever. Either way. So, because they're starts, all skeptical of him because he blew and it. The brother's because, trying to chase him away. Right. The brother hates the doctor because the doctor is trying to, and he, you know, he thinks that the. Uh, it, the doctor is enabling the sister to try to go on this ghost hunt and it's going to make her crazy and they're going to have to put her in a home. And, and uh, drain, you know, drain the well. Uh, yes, drain the well and the uh, of money. And the, the housekeeper, who is apparently a Mennonite, uh, is extremely vampy and mysterious and British sounding. Gosh! How is she a Mennonite who's British? <laughs> uh, oh, she's a ghost, so she can do whatever she wants. Hey! Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. She's a ghost. All right, let's get to the conceit of this episode that Sam does not believe in ghosts, right? Right. He knows that God, capital G God, right. is driving the mission that he's on, but refuses to even entertain the idea that there are ghosts. Ghosts are just a bridge too far, friend. God, yes. Ghosts, no. And what about angels? Come on, guys. Uh, but he, he also says he doesn't believe in vampires. <laughs> Someone Wait, should show him. You got to draw the line somewhere. And an omnipotent, all-knowing, omniscient being, yes. So the the woman who's... <laughs> vampires, no. The woman whose uh, husband died three years ago by drowning in a, in a pond, literally a pond, not a lake, a pond. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ponds are like, what, six feet deep? Oh, well, you know, according to the, the law man who uh, uh, says that, no, this is a very deep pond lake, and it, it's probably near freezing temperatures down at that bottom there. That's why these bodies... That bodies suddenly, upon bodies, bodies upon, upon bodies. bodies, like five bodies that bodies we just never bothered to recover when we knew that the, the ex-husband had drowned. We didn't pull him out of that lake, pond. How, like, <laughs> are, are ponds 30 feet deep? I guess that some seems could be. They're just like huge, deep craters with near freezing temperatures. Is Loch at the bottom. Ness a pond? Is that, that preserve, why? I think you're overanalyzing this this one point a little bit too much. That preserve all the dead all the dead bodies at the bottom that a small earthquake will suddenly release and they will float to the top. So weird. I mean, we accept the premise that he's leaping through time into other people's bodies. <laughs> but I want to know more about his fucking pond. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. A, want... That is a bridge too far. <laughs> you know what, Casey? Touche. Yeah. I, I've been put in my place. Uh, at any rate, so this this uh, disturbed sister of, of Johnny or whatever his fucking name is uh, uh, finds a painting that apparently she threw into the, the lake pond three years ago. She says, I destroyed it. And it's so wet. And it's soaking wet in pristine condition, placed on the same easel that she was using to paint it 
and it is dripping wet, drip actively dripping. How? And every single time she revisits one of these paintings that are magically appearing in her room, they're all soaking wet and dripping, how, dripping with water. How much water do you think? Uh, it was the brother, everybody. How much water do you think the brother had to put on these paintings to make it seem to, like to, to have it actively dri- actively dripping when <laughs> she? Would, how does he know when she's walking in? You would literally have to have a low flow irrigation system right. at the ready with a remote control button to to have these drips. He got one of those down. rain windows, yeah, that yes. you can buy at Brookstone or whatever. Yeah, so Brian we, just gave it away. The, the Scooby-Doo conceit is that it's the brother. And we skipped over a very important part of the episode where she continually hears voices. Uh-huh. Um, and then you find out that there's a device that he creates. This Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. It's a cassette We've not tape. even gotten into the technology ex- aspect of this episode, which is essentially that this doctor, Dr. Mintz, uh, has created a device that can read brainwaves remotely? Oh, and allow people to hear Al. Yeah. And somehow magically allows the brother Johnny to hear Al and then at one point allows Al to communicate with the people uh, to tell the girl not to drown herself. But then the brother comes out and he's just like, fooled you. I'm a total dickhead. uh, And now I'm going to throw you into the lake. Do you? And he he does the Scooby-Doo monologue where he He reveals his master plan. He absolutely does. He's (laughs) like, yeah, I got a bunch of debt. um, So I got to kill you. I'm a gambling addict. Whoops. And then I'm going to take all the money. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's the technology aspect. Also, the, the it, reason that she could hear these voices is because there were a bunch of remote controlled and uh, what gang loaded was the term that Al put it uh, uh, speakers and cassette tapes and cassette tapes. So I realize that it's 2018. Maybe people have forgotten what a you know a cassette looked like, not an A track, but a, or, yeah. and what they sounded like. Yes. Never once did I put on like. Uh, Weezer's The Blue Album or The Big Chill soundtrack <laughs> and think that, oh my God. A ghost is talking. The me. temptations are in my bedroom. <laughs> like, you know, that's not how that worked. Uh, Before we move along, let yeah. me, let me uh, sur- surmise, summarize Al's outfits. Please. One, Al is wearing a pleather alligator print vest with a lime and slash very billowy aquamarine shirt and green pants with a bolo tie. Al's the scrappy do, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Al Scrappy Doo. Scrappy Doo, but Sam is definitely Fred. There is no Scooby Doo in this this uh, episode. particular episode. Yeah, I'm no, no. The, a- to... the actress is Scooby Doo. Uh, <laughs> 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 Sam, Sam might be Daphne. <laughs> Should be noted that there are two earthquakes in this episode. Um, and the when, most earthquakes in any Quantum Leap episode the, to date. <laughs> with, with, they achieved the special effect of earthquake by shaking the camera left and right. It's fairly obvious. I loved it when... Like, so, like, like Klingons just shot the bridge of the Enterprise. Yes. Like, oh! I loved it when the, the actress, as I'm going to refer to her, was running outside... Deborah Pratt. When she was running outside toward the crypt, and it's broad daylight, and there are wolves howling as if like the full moon was out. It's like... <laughs> like I, I don't know. Did we look up to see when this episode aired? It was like werewolf type things. Werewolf and then and they, they, they explained it by saying, oh, well, they were sensing the incoming earthquake. But then in a later scene, you hear the wolves doing the exact same thing during broad daylight. And there was no where there was no earthquake. Impending. So this would have been a pretty good Halloween episode, right? Oh, yeah. you'd be wrong. December 13th, 1989. <laughs> Merry Christmas from Quantum Leap, from our Quantum Leap family <laughs> to yours. <laughs> Uh, Al also wears a red fedora, black striped shirt, checker suspenders, and red pants. <laughs> uh, it should also be noted that this technology, piece of technology that Dr. Mintz invented, 
uh, uh, shows Sam's leap because the brain oh, waves yes. changed. <laughs> so this thing can read brain waves. It can read earthquakes. It can transmit other people's things auditory things to what the fuck does this thing do but here's the problem at no point in time does sam drop a letter to the guy from the end of back to the future 2 and be like (laughs) i need you to deliver this to project quantum leap on this date (laughs) just so they know find this guy and get this equipment like sam can't have it before the leap but once a leap happens, he knows that he can call a Western Union and be uh, like, I need you to deliver this one. You have found day. a major loophole, sir. That, like, why does this not, why is this not a thing? Well, no, remember, he tried to do this in this, the, do they try to do this in the second episode, maybe? No, Sam will drop a letter uh, coming up very soon. Oh, okay. That, this does well, happen eventually. Should be noted also that Al reveals that he is not into necrophilia in this episode. Which is uh, it's like the only thing is he not right. into. <laughs> like maybe involve some small mammals, but once you get a dead person, I say no thank you. Uh, favorite line of the um, – uh, oh, at this point in the episode, I thought the housekeeper was the villain and not the brother. Uh, and and uh, Al is zipping around being teleported hel- – tel- uh, being teleported around holographically so as to rescue the girl who's about to drown herself. Center me on Troyan. Yes, he's yelling at uh, Gushy and uh, says, tell Ziggy that if they don't uh, send me to this girl's location right now, I'm going to feed Ziggy's sex microchip to Tina's crocodile. What the fuck does that mean? So Ziggy. Who is Tina? Oh, Tina's his girlfriend. Oh, right, Tina. The, The Tina. Tina has a crocodile? Who the fuck knows? Okay. All right. Skipping over the sex microchip? Like, what? Yeah, sex microchip. Ziggy has a sex microchip. Ziggy is still a boy at this point. Ziggy eventually becomes a girl. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Transitions. Ooh, That's very, very progressive. It's weird. Very progressive. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I, I get it now. It I've was been, weird. I, I, it, oh, oh, oh. Well, well, but at the finale, it is revealed. Ghosts real. Yeah. Ghosts are real. The uh, maid was That's a ghost. That's canon. The maid was a ghost. She uh, was... The maid was a ghost who, I guess, was presented as a red herring, right? She yeah. was possibly the villain. But she had yeah. absolutely no bearing on this episode whatsoever. You saw her walk upstairs at, like, tense moments. You're like, oh, this must have something to do with something. No, there were other stairs on the other side of the house. What if she's not really a ghost, but she just leapt because... She's another leaper. Ooh. She left because the mission was accomplished. Or, or she just fucking looks like the dead lady that, that surfaced to the top of the lake pond. Uh, yeah. The well, that's a that question true. we can revisit coming soon. I mean, eventually. Coming soon. Yeah. All right. Well, then Sam uh, saves the day. He saves the lady. Uh, Dr. Mintz and she are going to be betrothed at some point. The Oh, the brother drowned in the lake pond, but they did not find his body. Ooh. That is a mysterious lake pond. We really need to. I, that's some lost level shit right there. I just don't know what a pond is, I think. What is a pond? Uh, and then. Um, and then he leaps into episode eight, Kamikaze Kid. Cam. So, which is, so it's either a repeat next week yeah. or, or, you know, if this was. It, well, I, it would be December 20th. They're not going to show a new episode true. the week before Christmas. Right. December 27th. So I'm sure it was a... No, no it, this this episode was December 13th. The next episode was December 20th. I'm sure they've got like, you know, it's Christmas time, Charlie Brown yeah. or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's just not being aired. So to answer your question, a pond is a body of standing water, <laughs> either natural or artificial, that is usually smaller than a lake. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Not enough information. But it, is there a, a <laughs> distinction as to the l- limit to, of depth of a pond? It's or just, I it guess just I think it's just smaller than a lake. You know, in the way that lakes certain. It's like it's like pornography. When you see a pond, well, when you see a pond, you know, you, you know it. That's not a lake. That's a pond. Ponds are frequently human constructed. 
Oh, oh. good information. The more I, that's know. enough. This is what Ziggy yeah. gets it wrong. Does it educates and it entertains? Yeah, yeah. Ziggy, Ziggy might get Ziggy might get it wrong, but Ziggy gets it wrong, gets it right. Boom, Shagalaga. And Ziggy is two for zero oh this this uh, episode. She, yeah, she was right both. Ziggy was right both times. This you know. Yeah, chalk those two wins up. That's to the Ziggy. first. That's the first time, right? Yeah, that that ongoing pie chart that I'm developing will be updated. But either way, you know, to go back to the first episode, once Sam caught the guy, isn't that the end? That's the end. Like, like, why did Ziggy, like, well, not Ziggy, God lets him, God then lets him do a musical? Yeah. Like, you know what? Sure. I'm God and I kind of sound like Al, but I'm going to do that for you, Sam. You're going to be able to say, I love you, Oh, wait, that is a good point. So was Ziggy right or was Ziggy wrong? I know Ziggy's right. Because he saved the guy, but then he went on. And then. Maybe, ooh, maybe he needed to. Get back to with the piano teacher in order to leap. That's what I enjoy about that. That's why if I were to ever be religious, open to interpretation. I I pray to the God of the quantum leap universe. You know why? Because God is love, and and he's got a really great sense of narrative. God is love, and so is quantum leap. He's going to leap you out when it makes sense for the story. (laughs) Yeah, like you know, God's like you know what would look great. Good narrative. You know what would look great? (laughs) What if I left him out right as he's getting up the stairs in Man of La Mancha? I'm the Lord thy God. Boom, you're gone. <laughs> Enjoy playing Scooby-Doo. All righty. All right, that has been episode 10 of Ziggy Gets It Wrong. Thank you very much for listening to this experimental project that we've been working on for quite some time. Uh, yeah, see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>